Thank you. Good morning. How are you all doing? Good. Um, what I want to do this morning is I want to make your life easier. Uh, who's in favor of that? Okay. Um, I'll just add a bit of a condition to that. I want to make your Christian life easier. Okay. Oh, that one. Okay. Uh, yes, but I do. And we're going to talk, we've been doing a series, we're, we're talking about spiritual gifts. And spiritual gifts are exciting things um, where we are given from God through the Holy Spirit, because we belong to Jesus, supernatural ability. Supernatural ability. That's a remarkable thing. And the first gift, the first gift that we receive is faith. And that's what we want to talk about today, is we want to talk about faith. And I want to talk about faith in a way that takes the pressure off as opposed to puts the pressure on. Lots of Christians over all the centuries, it goes round and round and round, do all sorts of things to try and grow their faith, increase their faith, find their faith, not lose their faith. I want to take the pressure off this morning. So one of the things that Peter says here is this, that we have been given what we need. We know the passage, don't we? Who knows the passage in Ephesians? In Ephesians 2.8, it says, it is by grace you have been saved. Do you know this verse? Through faith, if you don't, let me tell you, it's by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of ourselves, guess what? It is the gift of God. Do you know that verse? God gives faith. God gives faith. I'm going to tell you a story. You might know it. It's in the Bible. It's about Jesus. This is what happens to Jesus. He's off doing his thing up a mountain because he does that. He does mountain things. And he comes down off the mountain and here's his disciples gathered around someone uh, who's described as being demon-possessed. And they're praying for him and he's not getting any better. So the people who are relatives of this chap go up to Jesus and go, can you sort this man out because the disciples are a bit rubbish and they're not doing it? So Jesus does what they ask, and then the disciples afterwards go to Jesus and say, look, um, how come, how come we couldn't do this? And this is what Jesus says. Jesus says to them, he says, because you have so little faith. And then he says, If you had faith as small as a mustard seed, you could move a mountain. You could take Snowden, stick it in the middle of Birmingham. There are some people who feel that as a uh, regeneration strategy might not be a bad thing. Uh, However, those who are from Birmingham probably beg to disappear. It depends on whether you have an urban perspective on life or a rural perspective. But there you go. You could do it, apparently. Now, here's the thing. If I was to say, look, there's a mustard seed. Can you see it? Do you know what? There isn't a mustard seed there. But if there was a mustard seed there, you still wouldn't be able to see it. It's very small. 
What is Jesus saying when he says, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you could have done this. You have two little faith disciples. What he's saying to them is, you don't have any. You don't have any faith. This story has been misinterpreted because it's taken out of context. Jesus starts by talking to the whole crowd, and he goes, you are an unbelieving nation. And then he says to the disciples, if only you had faith the size of a mustard seed. If only you had faith so small that you couldn't actually even see it, that would be enough. Guess what? He's being a little sarky. He's kind of going, you've got none, mate. That's what he's saying. How come this didn't happen? This didn't happen because you have no faith. Not, not enough faith. You have no faith. And here is... Here is the first equation in relation to faith. If our faith is in God through the Lord Jesus Christ, no matter how small, it's enough. It's enough. Nobody who has faith in God the Father through the Lord Jesus Christ is short of faith. Ever. Never ever. This is what we are told in the Bible, is that God gives us everything that we need. He gives us good gifts, He gives all of it, and He gives it so we need it, and as we need it. So therefore, faith is central. Everything comes from faith. Why did that not happen? You don't have any faith. When does it happen? If you had faith, this would happen. This is what happens with faith. But God gives it. We don't find it. We don't come to it. Guess what? We can't lose it. Because it's not up to us. I know that we have had centuries and centuries of sections of the church always teaching Christians that somehow they are in control of their faith. And how somehow that quantities of faith affect outcome. But actually, the Bible doesn't teach this at all. This is, a, this is like, for example, you trying to make the sunshine and saying to yourself, do you know, I can construct in my life the perfect barbecue if only I can find a way to make the sun shine. And I have spent my life doing all sorts of things to make the sun shine. So far, however, what I've discovered is that when the sun decides to shine, it shines. And when it decides not to, irritatingly, it doesn't. Do you know, if we are trying somehow to make our life work as though we can control our quantity of faith, we are expending an awful lot of energy without needing to do any of it. Does that make sense? I don't know if you're one of those Christians. And can I ask you a question? Does that take the pressure off you a bit? If I told you, you don't have to do lots of work to grow your faith. And the reason for that is because you can't. But the reason that you can't is because you don't need to. You don't need to. If you have faith in Jesus 
that is so small that nobody else but you can actually see it, and you can only see it sometimes when you do this, that's enough. That's enough. That's great. Fantastic, isn't it? So we don't need much faith because whatever we've got, we have enough. That's God's promise. If we have enough, it's there. It's fantastic. We pressure off. Stop running around looking for extra faith. I've never discovered the technique for extra faith. Trust me, when I say that there's been all sorts of misnomers, I've followed quite a few of these. I want you to know that. I have tried to grow your faith by being shouty. I've tried that. I don't know if you've tried that. I've tried that. And I've shouted at myself, and I've shouted at God, and I've shouted at all sorts of other people because uh, I'm good at being shouty, and, and it's not really happened. I, I've tried to grow up by being really intense and sitting down really still and screwing my eyes up really, really tight and, and being very, very quiet for a long time, which is very hard for me, by the way. And I've done lots of other things. We'll talk about one or two of them. But none of it was actually necessary. Because this is what Peter tells us, that we have been given everything we need. Paul says the same, blessed be our God and Father who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. What we are ultimately saying is, if we are chasing the growing of faith, is this, God has short-changed me, and I am having to work to make up the shortfall. Do you believe that? Okay, pressure off. Stop doing all that work then. No, I'm not letting you off the hook quite like that, but we'll work on it. So, faith is from God. You don't need any more than you've got. You've got plenty. It's there, but here's the thing. Faith is for using. Faith is for using. James says, faith without works is dead. We have to use our faith. And that's an interesting thing. What is the same? By grace you've been saved through faith. This not of yourselves. It is a gift of God. Why? Because we are created through Christ Jesus for good works prepared in advance by God for us to do. It's always good to finish the verse, isn't it? It's always good to finish the passage, and then you get to know what it actually means. And there we are. Yes, we are. This is what it says. We have faith, we have to use it. God gave us faith to use. If we're not using our faith, we're disobeying God. And what do we call disobedience to God? Come on, you know this. Sin. Yes, so, so Paul says anything that's not of faith is sin. Not for people who don't belong to Jesus, but people who do belong to Jesus, we've got faith to use, to use our faith. Now, I know it's a spiritual war, and one of the spiritual lies that the enemy tells Christians is that when you've got enough faith, then you can finally start using it. But as I hope we've established today, you've already got enough faith, so there's actually no reason to stop using it. But don't worry, the enemy wants you to not use your faith because he knows if you do, you'll be effective. Because you have been called through Christ Jesus for good works prepared in advance by God for us to do. 
Now, God does not set us up for failure, does he? No, God does not set us up for failure. He sets us up. He's a good father. We know this. Good fathers do not goad their children. Quite the opposite. They encourage, enable, release their children. And that's how they do. Here's the interesting thing, though. I don't know about you. <clears throat> I had a, a, a large father. I think that's the right way to put it. He was a big, tall guy. And he was very capable. And he was very, um, what's the word? Well, everything seemed to be solvable for him. And, and I, on the other hand, wasn't. I was very small and young and not very good at solving things. And one of the things was that I, I always thought, you know, what I need to be is like this. Because if I'm like this, then I can fix things. But the reality is that we can't do that with God. You know, when I get to be like God then I can make everything in my life work. Well, it's true, but the reality is we're not going to end up being identical to God. We have to be dependent. I have to be a small child and let my dad fix things for me. Does that make sense? There you go. We're the same. So faith is for you. Okay. So let's just make a quick distinction. Faith is not belief. Faith is not belief. Belief is something which is not faith. I know that's the same sentence reversed, but I want you just to remember it. Faith is not belief. <laughs> Excuse me. It's that time of year. Um, and here's the thing. Because belief doesn't imply any action necessarily. We just believe it. You know? So here's the thing. Some people believe that human beings never went to the moon. Now, they really do believe this. Uh, I, I, if I'm honest with you, I don't know how to make comment. I don't know if it's true or if it's not. I know that there are people who don't believe it. And they say they didn't. We believe it was all a fake. Well, what are the implications of that? Well, it's an easy belief, isn't it? Unless you're going to take NASA to court for, you know, sort of breaking the Trades Descriptions Act... Um, you know, you, you can believe anything you like. It's neutral. It doesn't make any difference. Belief is utterly ineffective if it isn't followed by any kind of action. Do you follow that? So therefore, if we think that our faith is just about belief, then we are attaching it to a whole range of other things. We're attaching it to our emotions. We're attaching it to our desires. We're attaching it to all sorts of things like that. So we say, do I believe that it is going to be sunny tomorrow? Do I believe that that difficult conversation I've got to have on Tuesday is going to be good or bad? I don't have a difficult conversation on Tuesday. I'm looking to my wife for reassurance here. Oh, that's good, that's good, that's good. Okay, nothing is being stored up for me at home. That's good. So, um, so you know, but that... I, I believe it's going to be terrible. I believe it's going to be well. Well, that's meaningless. If I believe that's going to be a difficult conversation, what am I doing now to make it easier? Well, there's lots of things I can do, quid pro quo, back, back to faith here, that won't make it easier, but that I might do. So I might storm around my house 
talking to myself and being very grumpy. Do you do that? Do you talk to I talk to myself all the time. Okay? I rehearse all the reasons that I'm right in the mirror. Do you do that? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I work myself into a proper state about how this other person's bad reaction to me, which hasn't happened, by the way, yet, is utterly unreasonable, and how very dare they. I've done all of this. It hasn't changed anything. Nothing has changed, except that I believe something which may or may not happen, but I haven't done anything around it. That's what I'm saying. Faith is interesting because faith comes from God, and we have to use it. Okay, so we've already talked about the myth that we don't need our faith to grow to be a better Christian because we already have all the faith we need. Well, that kind of blows the other two big myths that quite often happen in Christian experience. Number one is this. If I could see or experience whatever, then my faith would grow then I would develop as a Christian. If only I could see this or experience that, then my faith would grow. Then I would be more. And of course, that's not what it is. That's saying to God, prove and I'll believe. Well, prove and belief don't affect faith. You decide what you believe You can put God to the test all you like. I mean, good luck with that one, really. Because as we know from Job, God is not answerable to us. And frankly, he doesn't give in to threats. He's quite big, we're quite small, just in case you haven't done the maths. Do you know what I mean? You know, many times the size of the universe, a little bit below average. This is not something that we can do. We can't threaten God. You know, go on, God, convince me. No, all right then. <laughs> what? Well, 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 then I'm not going to believe in you. Ooh, I'm scared. Oh, oh, oh dear. You know, we've kind of lost the perspective on this about how, I mean, don't get me wrong, God isn't like that. He doesn't talk to you. But trust me, work out how big God is. So when God says, here's a little bit of faith, For God, a little bit is plenty. Okay, so if we experience something, it doesn't make any difference at all. I quite often tell the story, I won't do it again, of a guy that I know who was healed from cancer and then spent the rest of his life resenting God for it. And you might ask why. I never quite knew why, but I always speculated it was this. It was then he had no excuse but to obey God, and the reality was he didn't want to obey God. So actually, getting the proof you want quite often means the implications that you don't. Seriously. You know what I mean? We've got to think these things through, which is interesting. Okay. The last one was going, things don't happen because I haven't got enough faith. Things don't happen because I haven't got enough faith. Well, here's the thing. If you believe in Jesus, as we've said, you have plenty faith, all you need. That's not an equation. That's a good one for the devil because he likes to undermine us and make us feel that we're not adequate. And he's right, we're not, but we are everything we should be in Jesus. It's not about us. The universe is not about us. It's about God. 
But if you have faith, then that's it. Now, here's the, we're not, it's not insufficient. It's plenty. The reasons that things happen or don't happen are reasons other than reasons of faith. There are reasons other than reasons of faith. And we need to get to know God and understand our place both in the world and in God's kingdom to understand if indeed God is good enough to reveal to us how things are and why things are. But it isn't to do with our faith. So we've explored all these ideas. Here's the thing. Just want to talk, because this is what Peter says. He says, add to your faith, and gives us a really helpful list. Did you notice that? It's a really helpful list. It says, add to your faith, goodness, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, goodness, mutual affection, or brotherly love, and love. Add to your faith. So, anybody come across small children? Have you ever spotted a small child in your time? How many times have you had a small child who's trying to do, lift something, whatever, and they go, I haven't got enough muscles. Have you heard kids say that? I haven't got enough muscles. Well, we, this is the same phrase as we haven't got enough faith. The answer is, you've got plenty muscles. Your body doesn't need any more muscles. What it needs is for your muscles to grow. What it needs is for your muscles to develop. And a lot of Christians in the world and forever have lived their lives like this. So, for an hour or so, a bit longer in our case, but for an hour or so on a Sunday, they, they go out for a sort of a bit of a jog, a bit puffed out by the end, need to lie down. Uh, and, you know, mostly each weekend they'll, they'll do that. And then after a couple of years, they're presented with a marathon and wonder why it is that they can't manage to run all the way. Now, if we were doing that with running, you would say, well, that's because of what you did every week for the last two years before the marathon. That's why you're struggling, because of what you did, or possibly what you didn't do, for all the other time. Are you, are you, you've, do I need to finish this analogy, or have you worked it out? Here's the deal. It works the same thing. Hard times come, and we struggle, which we do, and the wherewithal to deal with that has been built in the weeks and months and possible years before the hard times come. We do not become mature through big events. Now, don't get me wrong, big events spur us on, help us, grow us. Big occasions can sometimes do good. Remember, God will never abandon us, so He doesn't leave us, you know, to sort of lie exhausted and dehydrated on the roadside. He will come and rescue us. But it is what we do. This is why Peter says, start to add you know, your goodness, your patience, your perseverance. You have to do that week by week. Half an hour's training on a Sunday morning will not fit you for the marathon that is coming into your life at some point. And it is the same with faith. We have enough faith. We have plenty faith. It's what we do with our faith 
that sets us up. We can do nothing without God, we know that. God knows that. Come to Jesus today if you do not know him. And here is God's promise. You will have enough faith to do anything and everything you ever needed. Whether you choose to use that or whether you don't, well, that's up to you. And there's your challenge. We're commanded. Jesus says, why do you hear what I say and not do it? Why do you call me Lord and not do what I command? This is what Jesus said. James says this, don't just listen and deceive yourself because you do nothing. And it's the same. Here's your big opportunity. So, number one, be more ambitious. Have more spiritual aspiration. And I don't mean the big things. Have more ambition in the little things. Who at your work would you like to see come to Jesus? Who in your home? Who in your family? Who among your neighbors? Who in the clubs and activities that you spend your leisure time in would you like to see hear the gospel and respond? Aspire to that. Have some ambition. Live it. I talked with somebody earlier this week. I said, a lot of us Christians, we have like a bolt-on Christianity. We have like real life. And then every once in a while, we just bolt a bit of Christianity on. This is not what we're called to do. We're called to be central. Number two, if we want good exercise, you don't mix good food with poison. You don't mix a good diet with poison. If you want to be healthy, you need to be feeding yourself in a healthy way. Jesus makes it clear, you can't serve two masters. You can't be two people at the same time. If we're people of faith, then we need to use our gift and move. And the last one is this. You can't make it up in big events. One of the things I know about big events is the people who put on big events, they really grow as Christians because it's a scary and difficult thing to put on a big event. Some of us have been involved in big events, and it's a scary and a difficult thing. They grow. Other people come to big events and are affected by them and go off and change the way they live their daily lives. They're also massively affected by the big events. People who go to big events and go, that was fantastic, let's go next year, and then just go back to normal are not affected by big events. Because faith is not a feeling, it's a gift from God and it's about how we use it. Do we understand what I'm saying? Don't want to go any further than that. So here's the question. What are you going to do with your faith? Number one, do you want some? If you want some faith, come to Jesus. If you've come to Jesus already, you've got faith. But if you haven't met Jesus yet, let me introduce you to Jesus today. He will change your life. Whatever is going on in your life, He will walk with you. Whatever has separated you from God, He will fix and give you the faith you need then to grow and move forward. If you do know Jesus and you need to walk in faith, then start to look at what you aspire to. Start to look at what your diet is. Start to look at what you're building on top of your faith day by day possibly hour by hour. 
Because that is all you need. God gives us the first gift we need for any kind of supernatural activity. We don't earn it. We don't grow it. We don't come to it. We don't lose it. We don't find it. We get given it. It's not too small. It's plenty. We don't need any more. I assume, I've never measured faith, but I assume that if we did need more, God would give us more. But it's not our size is not the issue. There's a good phrase, isn't it? Size is not the issue. It's what you do with it. And there's the issue with faith. God gives us the gift. Pressure off, everybody. Stop trying to grow your faith. Start trying to use it. I think you'll find that that's an easier job. Shall we pray? Lord Jesus, I just thank you for this beautiful, warm, sunny day. I thank you that the Bible tells us that this is a reason for us to know that you exist. And yet I've been reflecting today that it is a reason, that's the existence of creation, that the world would try to use to convince us that you don't. But Lord, we want to say that we know you, we love you, we thank you for Jesus. We just accept from you the gift of faith you've given us. What we need, Lord, is to rest in you and start using. Lord, just um, inspire us, build us, grow us, enable us, Lord, to know that you have given us everything we need, and all we need to do is to start living in it, and we will become like Jesus in time. Thank you, Lord. Bless you in Jesus' name. Amen.